because I always think, what do I want my life to look like? I think that a lot of people dream of their futures, but I believe that there's also a difference in just dreaming and really mentally painting a picture of it and envisioning what the future can look like. And I think I've always been really focused on that. The key is then also having the discipline in the moment to do the right things at the right times, because by doing so, it's going to take me where I want to go. I think that that discipline creates this sense of duty, almost like a moral obligation to be there for those in the trenches with you. Discipline makes you want to show up for your team, be there for others, and lead by example. One of my all-time favorite quotes is, Discipline is remembering what you want. Justin Nephis understands the profound connection between vision and achievement. He works to develop a clear picture of what he wants for his life, his work, and his relationships. And he also has the discipline to take action on his visions. Justin's discipline was born out of his time playing football and has grown throughout his career with Cutco Vector. By combining the vision to see his possibilities and the discipline to do what it takes, Justin has been able to create consistent success in his life. I know you'll enjoy hearing the insights of Cutco Vector's Cavalier Division Manager, Justin Nephis. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. My guest today is Justin Nephis. Justin is the Cavalier Division Manager for the Vector Marketing Cutco Sales Organization. He's headquartered in Akron, Ohio. Started in the business in the year 2000. Uh, He was in Albany, New York at that time. Worked very closely with Chris Hammond for a number of years. Uh, In fact, rising to the level of the pilot manager with Chris in his division headquarters office. Justin actually left the business after that for a little while. Uh, That's something I know we'll get into today. He came back fully committed, became a district manager in Buffalo in uh, 2007. Uh, Took about two years to develop a million-dollar district team and another couple of years to be promoted to head up the Cavalier division. He moved to Akron, Ohio, uh, late in the year 2011, uh, had a million-dollar year the next year, and has continued to grow his business over the years uh, to where he did $1.5 million in sales in his office. 
last year in 2019, is doing that again. He's going to have his best year ever in 2020. He was inducted into the company's Hall of Fame at the beginning of 2020 and building a great organization there uh, in the Cavalier division. And so, Justin Nephis, welcome to the podcast. Well, Dan, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on and uh, it's such a pleasure to, uh, to, to be here. So thank you. All right. Well, take us back 20 years ago. Wow. It's crazy to think about that. Take us back 20 years ago to when you started out with Cutco. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years ago, half my life. It is crazy to think about. And you know, I was getting home that summer. I had just gotten done with my freshman year of college at the University of New York in Brockport, New York. And, uh, you know, I'm from a really small town in the upstate area of New York, graduated high school with 72 kids. So a pretty small farming community. And, you know, really the only jobs there at the time were landscaping, farming, or getting involved in retail, you know, whether that's a, a small gas station or a grocery store or something like that, unless you wanted to travel and, you know, go into the big city of Albany and, uh, you know, find a job at the mall or something. So, you know, I had done landscaping and worked at the dairy farm in the past, and I really just wanted something different. So I had applied for a couple of things online back when dial-up was a thing. And I remember uh, getting a, a call that I had filled something out online and uh, set up an interview. Didn't go to the interview because I didn't know what it really was all about. A week or two later, I saw an ad in the newspaper, and it was a very simple, straightforward ad that just simply said, are you looking for fun, flexible work? I believe the starting pay at the time was 9 or $10. It was like the highest paying job I'd ever heard of. And uh, it said, no experience needed. And I was like, this is, this is perfect. I think I'm a fun guy. I definitely need something flexible around football camp and football training. And I don't want to be doing dairy farm work. So long story short, the ad in the newspaper was what brought me in. And uh, it was funny. The, uh, the interviewer, my manager at the time, Sean O'Sullivan, he goes, uh, I, I think you applied online too. We have a, an online application. I was like, no, no, no. Couldn't have been me. You know? and, uh, <laughs> some other Justin Nephis. <laughs> some other Justin Nephis from that small town. But yeah, that was that. Worked part-time my first summer and fell in love with it. And that's, that's how I got started. I remember Sean O'Sullivan. That was a cool guy. He was a real cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the uh, early lessons uh, that you gained from your experience? It's funny, I, you know, so many, you know, everything from just communication skills, public speaking skills, uh, professionalism, just all of that, you know, for me was so much of an impact and, and, and skills that I learned early on that um, I just, I, you know, hadn't learned anywhere else. I do think really the one of the biggest skills I learned um, and really to this day still try to work on and develop is the self-confidence. Cutco really allowed me to become more confident in myself. I was good in school. I was good in sports, good with my relationships and you know, prom king and captain of the football team and stuff like that. But I never really had a ton of self-confidence, whether that was you know, always thinking that people were going to think a certain way of me or you know, always worrying about the way that I looked or came across. I think in a large part of which why I kind of really enjoyed working out and staying in shape and kind of developed maybe a certain style or persona uh, of myself is because I really didn't have a lot of internal confidence in, in Cutco in working here as a representative, be 
being put out in front of customers and, and having to develop those communication skills and public speaking skills and all of it, it really helped me develop the confidence. You know, I, I kind of realized early on that if you're struggling with self consciousness, then you can't really be self confident. So that's one thing that Cutco really helped me with early on. And uh, like I said, still to this day, I'm continuing to work on and, and develop within myself and, and share and teach to other people. Hmm. It's fascinating that you share that you were the prom king, the captain of the football team. You had these great, like, success experiences where, you know, you were doing well at things or being recognized for things. I think that confidence comes from those success experiences, but you didn't have it until you got to Cutco. And then you really found that confidence in your Cutco experience. For me, I feel like I didn't have a lot of those success experiences before Cutco, other than I would say like academic success. I was always a really good student. It was kind of recognized as being like one of the smart kids, but I didn't have, you know, success in athletics or anything social. But Cutco is where I got those success experiences. And it's so cool that we, you know, represent a product that's so easy to sell that you have, you're very likely to have good experiences, to have good results. And it just gives people that boost, you know, multiple times every day where you make a sale or you have something good that happens that helps you to elevate that confidence to a whole new level. It's, it's definitely one of the, the great things I think we provide for young people. Yeah, I agree. It was the fact that it forced me to really step outside of certain comfort zones and not worry so much about the self-consciousness and what people were going to think. And I think that that was really one of the greatest takeaways early on in my career as a representative is just kind of being forced outside that comfort zone. And um, whether it's making a phone call, whether it was, again, sitting down and doing an appointment with a customer face-to-face back then, and that really helped me big time, as well as being a part of the team and starting to get recognized you know, for your efforts. That was all really really big for me and helped me really, again, develop kind of this self-confidence, something that kind of continued on over the years. So, Yeah. Awesome. Cool to hear uh, some of those uh, early lessons that you gained. I like that you referenced that you were able to have less self-consciousness as you were tackling the challenges in Cutco, that you were less worried about what other people were thinking about what you're doing or about how anybody might view any of the small failures that come along during the time that we're in Cutco that are inevitable. There's a lesson in a book that I feel like is so valuable. It's The book's The Four Agreements, and the lesson is don't take things personally. And it's so deceptively, such a, such a deceptively simple concept. And yet, it really is one of the most important things to, to understand inside in order to be able to tackle challenges and move forward in life without constantly being worried about how people are viewing what we're doing or you know how people view any sort of small failures that we have uh, in our life. So that's pretty cool. So I want to hear about uh, a transformational moment in your career. And I think uh, you have a pretty big one to share. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned before in, in my intro there that I did decide to leave the business back in 2005. And I had graduated, had my degree in physical education and coaching as a minor. And at the time, a lot of people don't know this. Actually, I was in a band. 
uh, in a hard rock band and uh, I was really into music and we were doing well. You know, we were playing shows. I just graduated. My buddy and I talked about starting up a record label together. And, uh, you know, that's back when there were such things and you couldn't just download music. And back when banks were just throwing out money to, you know, anybody who said they had a, a smart business idea. And so that's what we did. I graduated. My buddy and I started up a, a local record label in Rochester, New York, and pursued music pursued the record label, put my resume out there, dabbled in a few other jobs and industries, and just kind of thought that the grass was was going to be greener. And it, it really wasn't long. I, I kind of came to the realization that I left behind not only a great company with great people, but there were stones that were unturned. And over the years, as I, I've been asked many times, you know, why did you leave the business? I kind of thought about it. You know, what was it? How come I really left? And I really think I left because I was scared to kind of dive in and, and make a commitment mm -hmm. to Cutco. And yeah, so within 10 months, I called my division manager. Um, as you mentioned, Chris Hammond, still to this day a good friend and was my division manager. Called him up and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm not happy what I'm doing. What are my options? You know, and uh, he said, Justin, really the, the natural option for you would to be a, become a district district manager took me a little while and ultimately came to the realization that how am i going to leave a great company and a great organization but not be able to say that i really tried everything that i had as an opportunity and so chris graciously allowed me back into his organization first as an assistant manager so i had been his pilot manager for two years and now i'm like you know the little little man on the totem pole kind of as an <laughs> assistant manager and Became a pilot again in the summer of 2006 and district in 2007 to Buffalo. But when I came back, and, and so that would be the transformational moment is me making the decision to come back. When I made that decision, I knew that I was going to do well because I had really kind of visualized it. I knew this is something I had to do for myself. I had to at least try it. That was that. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I, I know I can speak for many to say it's. We're, we're lucky to have you back in the business and that it's great that you ended up making that choice. The district manager opportunity is such a tremendous opportunity for people uh, at a young age to have a high level of responsibility, to learn how to run a business, to be able to build a following in their life and influence so many people. It's, it's a great opportunity. And, and I think that the fact that you you know, came back to it, you saw that there was that opportunity that speaks volumes about what, you know, the opportunity that we offer to people. And it's obviously even greater today than it was 13 years ago when you, you know, dove back into being a district manager. What stands out from your district manager and or division manager days? As a district manager, it was just, I always think back to and having a, just a team, you know, as a young adult, as you said, I mean, there's really no greater opportunity than we our district manager opportunity. And coming back and just as a young adult, developing a team, our first year, full year, I believe we hit the Sir Lancelot Award, $750,000, I believe was our first year. We grew our district to over $800,000. And it was just, to this day, I'm still good friends with a handful of people who started during those years who then became branches or districts themselves. And uh, a couple of them moved with me when I did get promoted 
to division manager and moved down to Ohio. And so I, I think looking back on my district manager career, the one thing that stands out is just how much fun we had building a team and a culture and the relationships that came with that. And then as a, as a division manager, it would be the same exact answer, but just on a bigger level. So I feel that as a division manager, I get to really kind of compete now with the best of the best. And that's always motivating for me. And being able to have a position such as the division manager opportunity where our influence is leveraged in so many different ways is just, it's really cool. And so looking back on my division manager career up to this point, it would, it would really just be making the decision to really go after that level in the business. And, you know, even just this past year doing whatever I can do to grow myself so that I can help other people grow. You know, this past year was able to start coaching. You know, I was getting coached by a life coach and a business coach. And, and that really had a profound impact on not only my life outside of the business, but inside of the business too. And it's going to have a, a great impact for years to come. So those would be some moments that as I look back on my career really kind of stand out to me. Yeah. In working with a life coach, are you finding yourself learning tons of things that you can then share with the people you're working with? Yeah. And that's what I love most about it is as I kind of learn more about myself and you know how I tick and how I best operate and work in situations, it's great to now be able to take that and not only use it as a coach myself with my people, but to ultimately teach my people, you know, that same type of stuff. It's it's really great to be able to do that and to have that type of an impact and influence on people so that they can grow themselves not only in the Cutco business, but grow themselves outside of the Cutco business as well. Yeah. I think it's so important for everyone listening to put yourself in some type of position where you're getting a consistent influence from others who have valuable information to share. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be paid outside coaching, although that's a great way to do it. There's free coaching available inside of Vector. There are groups you can join where you're getting a constant influence from other like-minded people. And this could also be something as simple as like a consistent regimen of reading or listening to audios. Anything you do where there's a consistent process of gaining knowledge, gaining information, gaining perspective can be super valuable. And then if you flip that around and you say, what among what I've learned here in the last week, month, whatever time frame, can I teach to others? That's where you really internalize the concepts and it becomes a part of who you are. And it really helps you to evolve both in the business and in life. Justin, you've had a lot of great success uh, over you know these last uh, years as a division and district manager, obviously member of the Cutco Hall of Fame. What are some of the personal characteristics that you feel you've leveraged in order to succeed as a leader? Well, I think I've always been a dreamer. What I mean by that is I always kind of think, all right, what do I want my life to look like? How do I want my life to be? You know, where do I see myself in three, five, 10, 20 years? And I think that a lot of people dream of their futures, but I, I believe that there's also a difference in just dreaming and also really visualizing it, you know, some might call it manifesting it, right? But you no, know, really mentally painting a picture of it and envisioning what the future can look like. And I think I've always been really focused on that, seeing my future, 
really mentally painting a picture of how I wanted to be, where I could be, what could happen, and what I'm doing now leading me to that. So I really try not to focus on the current or present state of a situation, whether that's the current state of my business, the current state of my life or relationships or the world around us. I really try to focus on where I want to take it and how I'm going to get there. But I I really think the key is then also having the discipline in the moment, the discipline in the present time to do the right things at the right times, because by doing so, it's going to take me where I want to go. And I think that that's really been the key for me anyways, kind of that one-two punch of visualizing the future and painting that picture, but also having the discipline to do the daily actions necessary to take those steps forward. I think that's it. And you know, I learned that early on, learned that through sports. I learned that early on in my life. Yeah, you played football, obviously, uh, as you mentioned earlier. What role did that play in helping you to develop this sense of discipline? A tremendous role. Yeah, if it weren't for football, I don't really know kind of what turns my life may have taken. You know, in football, you always have to think ahead. You know, you're always visualizing the next play as a linebacker. You can almost get to a point where you start to see the play unfold before it's actually happening. And, you know, you start thinking about next week's game and mentally running through your responsibilities and your assignments. And I think any athlete would do that. You know, I grew up skiing and snowboarding. And I remember, you know, before a a race skiing or before going into a half pipe or hitting a jump on a snowboard, you got to visualize it first and really kind of mentally understand what you're going to do. And with the discipline side of things in football, you know, you learn that discipline is born out of hard work. If you're not going to work hard, you're going to be replaced by somebody who's going to. And that's what really helped me make the tough decisions is just understanding that if I'm not going to put in the time and effort, if I'm not going to work hard, I'm going to get replaced by somebody who is going to put in that time and effort and work hard. And so to make the tough decisions, whether that's you know getting up early, going and getting some cardio, eating the right way, after you do your cardio, going to the weight room or whatever it was, making those tough decisions uh, was a bit easier knowing that if you're not going to do them, there's somebody else who is. And you also learn that discipline is a sacrifice. I do believe that with discipline comes a certain degree of sacrifice and really being able to give up one thing for the sake of another. You know, if I want to, you know, be a better person tomorrow, you know, then I've got to make sacrifices today in order to do that. You know, if I want to get in an hour workout tomorrow, I've got to either go to bed, you know, late, or get up earlier tomorrow or go to bed, you know, later tomorrow to get that workout in. So it just kind of comes down to those couple of components that you you learn through football is, you know, you're you're making some sacrifices, you're you're working hard. And I, I do believe that discipline also creates a stronger sense of duty. I think that discipline makes you want to show up for your team and be there for others and lead by example. And, you know, I, I think that that discipline creates this competitiveness and whether 
people listening are saying, well, I'm not an overly competitive person. That's okay. I think that having discipline also means that you're more competitive with yourself and that you try to strive for, for better things. And I think that that discipline creates this sense of duty, almost like a moral obligation to be there for those in the trenches with you. And when I look at any team that I've been a part of through football, our Cutco teams, any Cutco team out there, and just the best teams in sports nowadays, they're always the teams that have the most discipline because that discipline is what really creates that culture. So yeah, um, my success with Cutco, really a lot of it comes from just learning that discipline through sport, specifically football, playing that through peewee right up through college. Yeah, you know, I, I've worked with quite a few athletes over the years, whether it be, you know, college athletes or prolific high school athletes or even professional athletes. I've had a, a handful of those that have come through my organization. And there is something special that people can learn there, that people have learned there, especially those that have succeeded at a high level. They've had to learn uh, these traits that totally carry over to Vector and to what we do and really to everything in life. I, I love the connection you made between visualization and discipline because it's one thing to you know say you're going to do something, to set goals, to make a schedule, all these things that we teach people to do. It's another thing to actually do it, to follow through. And the visualization aspect enables people to feel how they'll feel having done something, uh, to feel how they'll feel having achieved something. And it certainly creates a higher degree of motivation in the present when we employ this process of visualization. You referenced that that's something you do. Is that part of a daily routine for you? Or is it something that maybe on a weekly basis you, you think about? Do you write down uh, parts of your vision? How do you employ that aspect uh, in your life? I think early on, it was more of just more of the integrity. If I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to follow through with it. So there was always this, this vision in my head that I would paint of, okay, if I'm going to come back to the business and be a district manager, this is how I want to do it. Here's where I would like to be promoted. And I'm going to work hard to get there and then kind of formulate a plan. So earlier on, it was just more of a, I'm, if I'm going to make the decision to do it, I'm going to do it. More recently in my career, it's a daily practice that I've learned to do, um, have been coached to do, and uh, just a daily practice of seeing it through in your mind first. And I think that what it really does is it creates this clarity. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to end up exactly the way that you visioned it in your mind. I, by the way, as an athlete, you know, skiing as an example or snowboarding, you know, you visualize your run down through that half pipe or down through that course doesn't mean that you're not going to catch an edge and maybe stumble or maybe even fall. In football, like I said, you've got to visualize the play, but it doesn't mean it's going to always go that way. So I think a part of that visualization is the clarity. If this unfolds exactly the way that I want it to unfold, fantastic. That's great. I saw it in my mind. Can't wait to celebrate at the end when, when, I, when this all unfolds. But if it doesn't go exactly the way I want, I still have that mental picture 
which helps me create clarity on how to solve that problem or how to rebound or whatever the case might be. So I think that that vision helps create that clarity. And so, yeah, now what I'll do is daily, it's a part of my morning routine where I'll visualize it and kind of see it through and really kind of put myself in the environment as though it's already happened. Yeah, I love that distinction that visualization doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to actually succeed at what you're doing. But what it does is it gets you motivated to get the process started. And and most of the time, when you get the process started, more often than not, you will actually succeed at what you're doing. Um, I think that's a good distinction to make. Uh, you also said something about uh, through working hard that you... Uh, really developed this feeling that you, you know, that you, I'll use the word deserved to do well, deserved to succeed. I think that's a feeling that comes when people put in the work at anything. You feel more of a feeling of deserving. And that also is a part of the motivation to actually take action. It's like, well, look, I've put this much into it now. I deserve to succeed. So I'm going to actually bring my best to this project or to this effort or to this goal that I'm setting here. I thought that was a, also a cool thing that you shared. Um, yeah. I, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, Vince Lombardi has a lot of great ones, but one of the ones I really appreciate is he says, winning isn't everything, but making the effort to win is. And I think that that's always been for me, kind of what gets me up in the morning. You know, I was never the biggest, fastest or strongest playing football. In fact, I was quite opposite, especially in college. And, you know, even here at Cutco, you know, I haven't won a silver cup yet, haven't won every accolade yet, or been number one for every campaign or push. But to me, that's not necessarily what matters. What matters is putting in the effort to get there. And and don't get me wrong, super competitive and, you know, like to win. But at the end of the day, it's not about that win or lose. It's really about knowing that the effort was put in and making the decision to do the right things at the right times because you have this vision in your head it's a clear vision so there's the clarity now and knowing that at the end of the day i've done what i said i was going to do and what i said i was going to do is help create this big picture mm-hmm. excellent insight you, you talked about justin the the team aspect of achievement where you know, when you're accountable to others, there's also more motivation. How do you leverage that with your own people? Because I know sometimes in in Cutco, an individual rep might feel like, well, it doesn't matter if I, you know, hit my goals or not. It only matters to me if I hit my goals or not. And sometimes they don't see that they're part of something bigger and that it really does matter. And they don't leverage that extra tool of being part of a team. How do you promote that or leverage that to help people be successful? Sure. Uh, First of all, we constantly talk about it. Our division has really grown into a division of great relationships. And we're constantly talking about it. It's not an individual game here in Cavalier. We as a division are constantly talking about where we are taking the division. So all of our managers are on board with that. And I think they've gotten on board with it because I've constantly shared that vision with them over the years. This is where we're going and this is where we're headed. And this is what I'm about. And this is what our organization is going to be about. And so I think simply by talking about it over the past couple of years, 
we as a leadership team here in Cavalier have got to a point where now we're all talking about it. And so by us all as leaders talking about it, now our people start talking about it. And it's really interesting to see how that unfolds. People now talking about, I can't wait to be a branch in Cavalier. And so, you know, or I, I want to be a part of the event program in Cavalier. And then it's just, you know, constantly proving to them why this is the place to be. And, you know, whether we share sales reports every time we're getting together, whether we're constantly recognizing for performance and, uh, you know, effort, just tying people into the team, letting them know that what they're doing matters and then showing it to them. Yeah, that was great. For anybody who is a Cutco vector manager or leads a team of any sort, it's so important to bring the team aspect into everybody's consciousness as a key part of their motivation. What you're doing is you're adding a tool into the toolbox to keep somebody motivated and inspired when you can create other goals besides just their own goals. And there's multiple ways to do this. One way is with different levels. So we have in Vector, right, the individual goals. There might be a mini team within an office that has goals. There's the entire office goal. District managers have a district goal that they can leverage. Uh, there's division goals, right? There's the regional goals. There's all these different levels that can be promoted that people are a part of. Another way to do this is through different time frames. So there can be for individuals, there can be like daily goals, weekly goals. For teams, there's weekly goals. There's push period goals. There's monthly goals. There's campaign goals, right? Different time frames. And we should always be uh, working on both the different levels we can promote and the different time frames we can promote within those levels. And it gives people a wide array of additional tools to stay motivated and to stay inspired. And if you're an individual rep, it's important to look at all these things as well and view them as opportunities for you to keep yourself motivated. Don't just set your own individual goals, but but be asking about, hey, what are our team goals? What else can I help with? You know, What can I be a part of? And buy into all those things because when you buy into all those things, it gives you that extra wit reason for motivation, which circles back to help you achieve your own individual goals more frequently. So this element of accountability uh, is a key thing that I think will help increase people's discipline. Justin, I want to talk a little more about discipline. How do you follow through on your commitments, even in those times where you don't feel like it? For me, again, I it goes back to the vision. And I think that's why the vision is so important because you know, I think we've all probably heard or most of us have heard the saying that where there's a strong enough reason why the way will happen. So for me, it's always been about that vision. So if I don't feel like doing something, what's great is that I've got that vision in my head. It, that vision is, again, it's created this clarity. So because there's that clarity now, because I this isn't just a, a daydream, it's this is how I want my business to look. This is how it will look in three, five, 10 years from now. Or this is how I want my life to look, my marriage to look, my relationships to work and look and how I want them to be a part of my life. Again, it's just so clear in my head. So 
that just goes back to what I mentioned before, where it kind of becomes easier to make a decision when you've got that clarity and that vision. Then there's just kind of the the tough love on myself. It's if I skip a workout, then it's uh, you know reminding myself that you know you're not going to get there if uh, you know you're not going to hit your goals if you're not going to uh, put in the the effort. So yeah. I I really think that it comes down to the vision though, and I do truly believe that if that vision is strong enough, and if you're going through that vision daily. You know, again, what I've learned over the past year or so is the power and importance of visiting that mental picture every day and walking through that mental picture every day and living it out in your head first. And I think because that happens, I'm much more apt to do what I need to do when I need to do it. That strong why is a really compelling reason uh, that I think is what uh, can help keep anyone accountable. Uh, you referenced earlier something about sacrifice. You used the word sacrifice. And when I think about sacrifice, I think about, you know, what, what are we saying no to? Uh, but the flip side of that is what are we saying yes to? Right. When we say no to one thing, we're saying yes to something else. And that something else is usually pretty exciting. There's a phrase I've heard. The phrase is discipline is remembering what you want. And when I just think about what we've talked about today so far, that really summarizes a lot of what I think um, you know has helped you become successful. Is you've you've created these ways of being reminded of what you want, of helping others be reminded of what they want, and that leads to decisions in the moment that are you know the right actions that are moving you in a good direction, and it all sort of cycles upward to help you have a great business and, and a great life. You know, so this has been a crazy year. It's 2020. It's pretty wild. You're having your best year that you've ever had in your business. Uh, what are some of the gifts that you feel like have emerged for you throughout this year? Yeah, it's been a wild year for sure. I think really just seeing our company come together the way that we did has just been so amazing. You know, at all levels. You know, factory workers to the CEOs, you know, Jim Stitt and our presidents, Al and Bruce, and all the managers at every level, just the way that we've all come together to not only survive this year, but really to thrive and push through it at a, uh, a jaw-dropping level has just been really inspiring. Kind of, to be honest, kind of re- re-fell in love with what we do as a company. And seeing the difference that we've made in so many lives, we've obviously known the difference that we make in people's lives for years and years and years. That's why I'm here while we're probably all here. But I think this year in particular, it just tugged on my heartstrings a little bit more when you have that representative who just was given a shot and you know they go out there and they sell and they have a great positive experience. So again, seeing that difference in the lives of these young adults nowadays during really hard times has just been really awesome. And just for me personally, seeing that and being a part of it is, uh, is probably the biggest gift and, you know, learning how to run the business in a different way has been really refreshing as well. So, yeah, I know there's been a lot of just new motivations and just sometimes change is good because it creates that fresh start and, 
it's uh, I love what you said about you refell in love with what we do. I think there's so many people all throughout Vector and Cutco that would echo that exact same statement that, uh, that, you know, um, what lies ahead for us in the, in the next few years is so exciting. And it's been cool to be a part of this drastic change that has happened this year. And it's really been a blessing for the whole business uh, for the future. So how about in your life, uh, Justin, what are you most excited about right now? Um, a lot. Just, you know, I'm really, you know, I love the holiday season. I'm hoping that we get a little bit of snow here for just a couple weeks. I'm, I'm good with snow for just a few weeks, but would love to get the chance to get out there and do some snowboarding. My wife's family lives in Idaho, so we'll be going there for the holidays. We haven't done that in uh, a good four to five years, so really excited to be able to do that. Uh, Buffalo Bills are 10-3, and three, AFC uh, <laughs> East. Right now, leaders for the first time since 95, I believe, turned 40, only have a couple of gray hairs. So that's, that's always good. But I think all in all, I'm really just, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that the people in my circle are, are healthy. Mom, dad, the family, my sister, her kids, and her family there. And excited for, excited for the Midwest region. You know, our, our Midwest region team is just kicking butt right now and growing and uh, moving in such a positive direction. Our Cavalier division is small and mighty, and uh, 2021 is going to be a tremendous breakout year for our division and our people at all levels. Our CSP team, our managers, our sales reps, our branches. 2021 is going to be a, a pretty epic year for us. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah. And, and under the theme of changing lives, you know, how do you aspire to change people's lives through what you do in the future with your organization? Yeah, I, um, you know, for me, I tell myself daily uh, that, you know, we're building a, a division for the greater and better good of our people. And our mission over the past couple of years, our mission statement here in Cavalier has been to help develop young professionals and their platform skills that are necessary to achieve success nowadays um, in this modern day of business. So I really want our people to have the skills and options down the road that a lot of people don't have. This way they can you know, become better versions of themselves and more importantly, help impact the communities that they choose to be a part of in the future. So really excited about that. And outside of Cutco, there's a lot that I want to do. A couple of organizations I'm really passionate about that are uh, looking to get involved in and a few community projects and services that my wife and I are looking to help with as well. So. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear, Justin. Uh, you you reference providing skills and options for the young people that come through your your division organization, and of course, uh, you know through sharing your personal experiences, through sharing your personal lessons, you are helping to influence people's mindset. Uh, you're helping people to develop a lot of great skills, and not only do those provide options for them down the road, but they also provide an opportunity for them down the road to pass that influence on to others, so that your influence is multiplied throughout your community, throughout your division, throughout the Midwest region, and ultimately throughout the company and beyond. Um, and it's great to see that that uh, happening for you. I've enjoyed uh, being able to have this time talking to you here today. I appreciate you making time to be on the podcast. Well, again, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. All right. 
That was Justin Nephis. I really enjoyed that conversation. There were so many good lessons that came out of that, starting with when Justin shared that one of the early lessons he had in his Cutco Vector experience was learning not to take things personally, not to be so affected by what other people thought of him as he was pursuing the different things that he wanted to pursue in his life or in his business. In the book, The Four Agreements, the author describes this concept and he uses the words needless suffering to describe what we put ourselves through when we overemphasize the opinions of others in our life. It's so important to get that that's what we're putting ourselves through. And so don't let other people have that power over you to make you suffer because of how they view something that you're doing or what you're doing. Related to this, I think it's important to uh, view criticism with a different perspective, that it's positive, it helps us learn something about ourselves, and also to view failures with a different perspective or any sort of negative feedback you get, whether it's in the form of a criticism or a failure, it's a tool for greater self-awareness. It's a, it's a way to more rapidly improve yourself. These are all some key lessons that I think I could expound upon from what Justin shared at the outset of our conversation. He also said he was scared to commit to the DM opportunity in 2005 before he left for a while. If you're in Vector and you're you know, thinking about where you're going to go in the years ahead, there's no better place for you to be than right here, right now. Like It is a right place, right time scenario if you're rising up the ranks in Vector Marketing right now. The way the business has evolved in 2020, just the pure economics of our model for district managers right now, it's such an exciting time to be here. The way our recruiting programs are so robust. We're at the start of what is going to be a massive wave of success. And this is a great place to be, to be able to capitalize on that success, to learn some things about yourself, to gain some great, valuable business and leadership skills, to gain some income that can help you to pursue perhaps other avenues in the future, be it graduate school or taking on some other opportunity down the road, starting your own business outside of Vector. This is definitely a great place to be right now. I love that Justin said he's re- fallen in love with what we do here during this uh, crazy and interesting year. The most compelling lesson from this conversation, I feel like, is the, the direct connection between visualization and discipline and just really having that powerful why, that strong why in your life. When you have that, to me, that's a really important thing that will enable you to be disciplined in the moment. That phrase, the discipline is remembering what you want, is extremely compelling and important to keep in mind as you're thinking about what you want to achieve and where you want to be. The more clear you can be about what those things are and the greater ways you can create reminders through either a daily routine or whatever other ways you do to remind yourself of your goals and your visions, that will help you to stay on track. And remember the idea that when you sacrifice Yes, you're saying no to something, but what are you saying yes to? If you can get yourself focused on what you're saying yes to in those moments, you're going to be far more likely to be willing to do what it takes, and you're going to be far more likely to achieve many of the goals 
that you have in your life. This was great. Thanks, Justin Nefis, for an awesome conversation. I know people got a lot of value from this. I appreciate it. And uh, I don't know when you're listening to this conversation, uh, but if it's during the holiday season here, happy holidays and uh, best wishes for 2021. Hey, everyone. If getting and staying healthy is a part of your daily disciplines, you've got to try Organifi, the Cutco of superfood blends. Their green juice is a blend of 11 superfoods and is great as a convenient replacement for breakfast. Everything from Organifi is all natural and organic, and you just mix it with water when you're ready to use it. You can check out the full line of their products at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. You get 15% off everything that they carry by using the discount code CLSK. Try out something from Organifi today and enter CLSK when you check out to get that discount on anything you order. Again, go to Organifi.com. And thanks for supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 